0: Hi there, and thanks for listening to another installment of the Spokane Public Schools Conversation Series on Mental Health and Wellness. I'm Allie Barrera from the district's communications department, and today we're talking about the holidays. This is a stressful time of year for a lot of reasons, and to help us get through it is Katie Kelly, who is a mental health therapist at North Central High School. Apologies in advance for any audio glitches you might hear. Sometimes when working in your basement, you don't quite get the best reception. 2020, am I right? Anyway, let's get into my conversation with North Central's Katie Kelsey. All right, thank you, Katie Kelsey, for joining me today. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. A little cold, but loving the Christmas spirit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, talking on a Monday, and we both kind of talked about before this how it's feeling a very mon- it's feeling very Monday today.
1: You can feel the Monday seeping through, huh?
0: Exactly. Well, hopefully we can combat this with this conversation. I'm so interested to find out how you ended up in the mental health field. So what made you gravitate towards that line of work?
1: I feel like almost for everyone that I've talked to about this question, we it was all happenstance, right? None of us were like starting college when we were 18 and being like, I'm going to be a therapist. Um, Usually the stars just align, which is pretty cool. Um, I started out, I got my major in human services and I went to Africa and I taught at an orphanage um, and I worked with primary school over there. So I knew I wanted to help children. So I came back to the States and I was a preschool teacher for a year. I noticed I really liked working with the more challenging students on a behavior level, or the ones who are really really upset. I liked pulling them aside and having that one-on-one time. So I actually, after a year of preschool teaching, I went back to Africa to teach again and work with kids and kind of find my calling. When I returned to the states, I became a behavioral therapist for children with autism, and I loved that. And I did that for about four years. I did that while I was in grad school as well, however, I, I realized that I liked the emotional piece a little bit more than just changing a behavior. So that's when I decided to go to grad school and get my master's in clinical mental health therapy, so that I could work on the emotional piece. And now I still work with school-aged children. So yeah.
0: Wow what a what a journey!
1: <laughs> right, that's what I say. It's not like we. It's not like any of us sought this out. It always kind of just aligns that way. So
0: nice. That's excellent. So we are. In the midst of a really stressful time for a lot of people, and not just because of the pandemic, but it's also holiday season. Are there any issues that you see pop up most often this time of year around the holidays?
1: Yeah, the holidays tend to be the heaviest load for mental health therapists and the hardest for our clients. Typically, if you if you're a healthy, stable Person with good supports and maybe little to no mental health issues, you see the holidays as time of joy and gathering food or gifts might come to mind, being with family. However, the students that we tend to work with, they don't get to have all that. So when you're surrounded by it with society, but you don't get to experience any of it, um, it becomes even that much harder. So our clients usually are lacking on food, lacking on supportive families or families that are even, they want to be there, but aren't able to. We see Medicaid clients, so they tend to be lower income things or even having heat in the house or Christmas trees are not always a thing that our students are looking forward to. So that it just ends up being harder because they see all these lovely, beautiful things around them and they almost feel like they don't deserve it. Maybe they're not worthy. Um, Maybe they're not good enough. And so it just ups the ante for depression, anxiety, PTSD, and trauma, reminding them with their their inaccurate belief that they're not as good as everybody else. So it takes a toll on them. and, And mental health therapists know that when holidays come up, we've got to give them extra special love, care, and reminding them of their worth.
0: Yeah. Can you go into more detail about what you and your colleagues, how you help the students kind of through this really heavy time?
1: So we are strength-based therapy. What that means is instead of dwelling on what a client doesn't have, instead of highlighting what they, where they have not yet gotten to their goal, um, instead of focusing, on their sadness, we focus on what they do have, we focus on their strengths. I can speak for the students I work with, they are creative, they are funny, they are smart, they are resourceful, and they're resilient. And so reminding them of those things and also reminding them that every hardship they go through is just a little bit stronger, a little bit braver, a little bit smarter that they get that other people don't. So we try to build up their resilience and build them up as people by focusing on their strengths and the things they do have rather than dwelling with them and the things that they don't.
0: That's great. So I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are also feeling stress in their own way, whether it's due to the holidays or any other factors. What are some telltale signs of depression or anxiety that people might be feeling, but they don't quite know how to identify those feelings as anxiety or depression.
1: Yes. I think when people think of anxiety or depression, they think of the stereotypical or the obvious, Oh, I must be feeling sad or I must be feeling angsty. And if I'm not feeling those things, then I must not be depressed or anxious. However, um, in therapy, we always just focus on any differences. So even actually if a client was normally pretty baseline, uh, kind of sad or mopey, and they come in and suddenly they have all this energy and they're bouncing off the walls and they're really positive, there is a chance that that's some progress or there is a chance that they're actually going through um, a depressive episode and this is their brain and body's way to cope. Um, So any major changes, we also have to remember specifically with teenagers that their depression tends to come out in anger. Um, So if your teenager is extra irritable, has an attitude, just seems very fed up, um, that's actually usually depression and not just teenage hormones. Then the the more common signs of depression are sleeping too little or too much, insomnia, or not being able to get out of bed, um, over or under eating, um, or not being interested in things that you used to be interested in. With every holiday season, you used to go grab a Christmas tree, and this year, you're just feeling like you getting out of bed to do that would just not be worth it. That's probably a sign of depression. Um, Anxiety is usually comes in the form and around this holiday season of overthinking, overthinking about what you could do, should do, should have done, wish you had, Um, not overthinking can really put stress on our bodies and our minds.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially, you know, as we head into a new year and thinking back on the year before, and definitely that overthinking of, oh, you know, those resolutions I made at the beginning of the year, didn't quite get to those. And, you know, so for those listening and they hear what you just said and go, yeah, my my teen has been feeling or has been acting this certain way or, yeah, I've been feeling this way and this resonates with me. What are some things they can do at home to help themselves feel a little bit better um, until they can reach out for support or help?
1: Yes. So for talking about teenagers, um the first thing that um, I always direct friends, guardians, parents to do is make sure that their teenager just feels heard. We we jump so fast to problem solving and making a solution. Um, however, just sitting and being with is a term we use in therapy. Just be with, even just being with them while they're sad. Sitting with them while they're laying in bed, um, being with them when they're When they might be throwing some kind of attitude or tantrum and just being there, not not trying to change the behavior, but just showing them I can tell that you're really upset right now and I feel it and I'm here with you. So validating feelings as well. When a teenager is frustrated and they blow up and you think, oh goodness, like you are doing the best we can. You have everything in the world. Remember that they don't feel like they do. And they might feel that they got robbed this year of some great experiences due to the pandemic. So making sure that you're your friend or your niece or nephew or your uh, daughter or son, they just feel heard and validated that it's okay that they feel that way and that you're there with them. For adults, it's really the hardest thing about depression is the way to fight it is to do the things that depression tells you not to do, to socialize, to get out of bed, to keep up on your hygiene, to do the things you once loved, even if it's just for a little bit of time. So make sure you just motivate and encourage your friends and family to get on Skype with you, to have a quick phone call every once in a while um, to to making making sure they're they're still in connection with people in the world and keeping up keeping up on their hygiene and doing some kind of activity because the best way to start getting over depression is going back to your normalcy even when depression tells you not to.
0: So going back to how to help your teen if they're going through a tough time, uh, what if? There's a parent out there who's thinking, well, if I try to do that, my kid might try to, you know, push me away or try to be alone. How do they combat that if they come up against that?
1: Yeah, sometimes trying to validate teenagers feeling is a tricky maneuver. It's a lot easier said than done. Um, Because you can be met with no, you don't understand or leave me alone, or you don't get it, or some choice words even sometimes. So um, I understand that validation, it feels like this long process where you're not getting anywhere. However, when your teen gets to that point where they are ready for support, when they get to that point where they are accepting of your love towards them, when they get to that point where they're breaking and they just need something, they're going to remember that when they were crumbling before and they, they were unaccepting of your efforts and support, um, that you were still there. And you still said, hey, I am. I, you can have an attitude if you would, if that's how you choose to take this. However, I still love you. I'm still here. I still get that this is hard. And they're going to remember that. Um also, consistency. Remember that those frontal lobes in teenagers' brains are not developed. So, doing something once or twice, that would be like uh, praising a dog once or twice after they sat and then thinking they should know how to sit for, for the rest of forever. You have to train their brains to understand something by doing the same thing and being a broken record over and over and over. And then waiting for your teen um, to come to the point where they're, they're ready. And when they're ready, they're going to know what your response is because you've already been showing that consistently.
0: Yeah, those are uh, some great advice. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining me today. Uh, Is there anything else you want to add as we sign off for our conversation?
1: Uh, I just want to remind people that self-care is not being selfish. It's actually rebuilding yourself and keeping maintenance on yourself so you can continue to give the love and care that you want to give to everyone else. Um, Remember to give yourself a compliment. There's nothing egotistical about that. We spend 24 seven with ourselves. It would be nice if we liked ourselves, just like we keep maintenance on our cars um, because our car needs to be at least set baseline in order to work for us. We need to keep maintenance on ourselves. So remember self care and remember coping skills and remember to um, put yourself first so that you can take care of others.
0: Yeah. Self care doesn't always have to be a pedicure or a spa day. It could be as simple as taking five minutes for yourself.
1: Yes, exactly. And sometimes that's exactly what we need. So
0: yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Katie. Have a great rest of your day.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Happy holidays.
0: Thank you to Katie for helping us get centered during this really stressful time. We have another short episode dropping this week, which we'll share on our social media channels. You can also find all of our past mental health conversations on our Listen page. It's new on our website. You can find that at spokaneschools.org listen. The episodes are relatively short, something you can listen to while you're cooking, taking a walk, maybe scrolling through Instagram, whatever floats your boat. Have a great rest of your day.